introduce yeah us? go to the next slide that'd be amazing okay so hi everyone welcome to moco scientists for kids today we have a presentation by michael milstein national oceanic and atmospheric administration slash fisheries so please give him a good welcome and if you guys have any questions just wait until the end and we can like chat type it in the chat and stuff. So thank you so much for joining us. All right, well, thanks for having me. This is a really neat program that you've set up and I feel very glad to, to be part of it. So I work for NOAA Fisheries, as you said, in the West Coast region. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Um, and my agency, NOAA Fisheries, is part of a bigger agency called NOAA and what we do is manage uh, fish populations as well as marine mammals like whales and sea turtles and uh, uh, particularly those that are endangered that we're trying to uh, protect. So I'm gonna talk about a blob and I couldn't resist uh, this picture of the most blob-like creature I've ever seen, which is actually a real uh, fish, but this isn't actually the blob I'm going to be talking about. The one I'm going to be talking about is named after a, an old movie about a blob that took over the world. And, um, and, and actually is uh, what we call a marine heat wave. Marine heat wave is when the ocean gets super warm. Uh, in part because the wind stops blowing and so the sun beats down on the water and, and heats it up. So this is what I'm talking about. This is called, the, this was a marine heat wave called the blob and you can kind of see why it's called that. Um, it uh, emerged around 2013 when, like I said, the sun was shining and there were no winds to really cool off the ocean. Um, it warmed the ocean to, to temperatures that we'd never seen before uh, in the Pacific Ocean. And the scientists kind of named it the blob as a, as a bit of a joke, naming it after this old movie. But it kind of took, it took hold, and that's what people kept calling it. And even now, people talk about uh, the, the years of the blob. And you can see I'm, I have a little arrow, that's where I'm based in Oregon. Um, so we're focused mostly on the Pacific Ocean, but I had to talk a little bit about the Atlantic as well. So you know what a heat wave is like on land, and it's kind of the same concept. The sun beats down and the cooling winds aren't blowing, and so it gets super hot. That's why, you know, that's when we, want to go inside to air conditioning, um, but obviously the, uh, the, the wildlife in the ocean can't do the same thing. So this is actually a movie of the formation of the blob in 2013. And as we watch it, you'll be able to see these warm areas start to emerge. So the, the orange and red areas are the areas that are super warm and are much warmer than average for the ocean at this time of year. Um, so what, uh, I don't know, can I, if I could ask a question while we're going, um, what do you think would happen to uh, 
to whales and other marine life when the water gets warm like this. Anybody have any ideas? It, probably about the same thing that we do. We, you know, go to, into an air-conditioned building and try to find uh, well, someplace cool. What was that? They will probably migrate or they will just die. Yeah, you're very, you're really on point with that. They migrate because they, they like a certain temperature, kind of like we do. And they follow, they move in the ocean to follow the temperature, just like you said. Here we go. Okay. So these are California sea lions. Um, can you hear me okay? I'll turn down the volume a little bit. These are California sea lions. They live on these islands off the west coast. And they're a population of animals. At one time, people hunted them, and there weren't very many around. Uh, but then they were protected uh, by new laws that took place. And now they're doing very well. There's actually thousands and thousands that live on these islands off the coast of California, which is where they have their pups each year. And you can see the black, the darker black uh, pups down there kind of jockeying for, uh, jockeying for position. Now, sea lions are very sensitive to the temperature. And it's just like you were saying, in part because uh, they're following their food and uh, as the temperatures change, their food moves with it. These are sardines, and so these are one of the fish that the sea lions eat. They're really oily, so they have a lot of energy in them for the, for the sea lions. Um, but like you said, um, they, as the ocean warmed, as the blob took hold, um, the sardines moved, and they moved. These are the islands where the sea lions live, and the sardines started moving farther to the north where it was cooler uh, to avoid the real hot temperatures of that, uh, of that marine heat wave called the blob. And what, so when that happened, that meant that the mother sea lions had to swim farther and farther away to find the sardines and the other fish that they eat. And uh, what happened was they were staying away from the pups for so long while they were hunting that the pups were losing weight. They weren't able to bring as much food back because they had to go much farther to get it. And you can see this sea lion pup is kind of, you know, he's very skinny. He's much skinnier than you would normally see, and you can kind of make out his rib. And here's another one. And what happened was these pups were out there waiting for their mothers to come back, and they sort of took off on their own trying to find food. But, of course, they weren't real, um, you know, expert at that. They hadn't really learned how to do that yet. And so a lot of them ended up on the beaches where people were trying to rescue them. This is a, a rescue center for um for California sea lions, and these are all pups that were picked up 
off the beach when they were real skinny because the mothers weren't able to provide enough food because that food had moved. And so the idea to bring them into a place like this so that they can um, be fed and, and gain weight and then ultimately be released back into the, uh, into the wild again. I'm just going to mention, too, I don't know how much you guys know about uh, salmon, but salmon on the West Coast are a very important species. The sea lions eat them. The, bear, the bears eat them when they swim up the rivers. And they also were affected by the blob because when it's warm, the water doesn't hold as much nutrients and uh, food for the salmon. And so they... Uh, you know, they don't, aren't able to grow as fast and they don't survive as well in the ocean. So we also saw salmon numbers decline. Now here's another type of fish that was affected by the blob. These are anchovy. They're sort of like sardine. They're small and you might uh, have them on pizza sometimes. Um, but they, again, are very oily and, and have a lot of energy. Um, any thoughts on what might eat uh, sardines? Yeah. I see you raise your hand, Stacy. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone wants to eat them. Yeah. Do you like anchovy? All right. Well, here's one example. Do any of you recognize what type of whale this is? This is a, a humpback whale, and you can sort of see a bit of a hump um, back here. And um, the humpback whales eat lots and lots of anchovy. As you can imagine, um, to get that big, they need to eat a lot and lot of those little fish. Uh, and they do it by uh, swimming up into the schools of anchovy and opening their mouth super wide and scooping up the anchovy, just like you're demonstrating. <laughs> um, this is a map of the bottom of the ocean off of California. This is if you took all the water away, you, could, you would see this sort of landscape. And these uh, orange areas along the coast are the very shallow areas where the anchovy were hanging out because they were trying to get away from the heat of the blob. And then some other, some other uh, activity started in the same area, which is crab fishermen started putting their crab traps out because uh, there's the same area where the anchovies were, there are lots of crabs on the bottom. And so they dropped these traps down onto the bottom of the ocean and there's a rope that leads up to a buoy at the surface. That's how they're able to find the trap again when they want to go back and get their catch. And they hope that when they get back, it's all uh, full, that these traps are full of crabs. So the problem was that the, uh, that as the blob moved things around, changed the temperatures and moved the, the, uh, the species around, the um, uh, humpback whales uh, started coming in after the anchovy to the same area where they were uh, fishing for crabs. And what happened? 
the whale started getting tangled up in the ropes from the crab traps. This is a, um, an example of one of them, and that's a, one of the buoys you can see wrapped around the tail. And that can be, a, as you can imagine, a real big problem for a whale because all of a sudden they're trying to drag this, this big uh, uh, wooden metal trap behind them in the water. And so we have, um, have actually trained crews because of this problem to go out and try to untangle the whales from these ropes and the, and the um, uh, crab traps that, that are attached onto them. It's a pretty dangerous type of thing. And so they undergo lots of training to be able to do it safely for the people as well as for the whales. And they have a lot of specialized equipment, uh, like here, he's putting a camera under the water to try to see what kind of uh, ropes and where they were and how they were tangling up the, uh, the whale. Now, we're trying to figure out ways to help this, because if we, if we keep getting marine heat waves and like the blob, uh, we're going to see this happen again. So. We've developed, our scientists have developed something called EcoCast. And what they do is they look at the areas where the whales are most likely to be, and then they make this map for the fishermen. And the blue areas are the areas where the whales are not likely to be. And the red areas are the whale, where the whales are more likely to be. And so the fishermen obviously can benefit by this if they fish in the areas where uh, the whales are not not likely to be present. So here, this was the kind of the height of the blob, and you can see that red color uh, of the really hot water, um, particularly up at the surface levels of the water where the whales and many of these other species live. Now, the the this the heat wave, the blob started fading out after a few years but then what happened another heat wave came back several years later so just a couple of years ago we had a whole new marine heat wave that in some places was actually hotter than the blob had been and we started seeing some of these same problems uh, developing so again that's why we're trying to develop tools like this information for the fishermen so they know where they can fish without uh, tangling up the whales. And then we also developed something called a, they originally called it a blob tracker, but then they decided that was, that was uh, too funny of a name. And so they changed it to marine heat wave tracker. But I still think blob tracker is probably more fun. And then you can uh, see here, even this last year, um, we were seeing a heat wave. It's not quite as red and and warm as the other ones that I showed you, but you can see it's still warmer than average. And we're watching this carefully now to see if it further develops into a, into a full-fledged uh, blob. And then, so this is a map of the whole world, the whole oceans of the world, uh, starting at the very beginning of January this year or last year, I'm sorry. 
and you can see, so here's the United States, and um, it's actually been cooler off the West Coast, but you can see up here off the East Coast near where you are, see these red areas? That's uh, uh, kind of a smaller heat wave that seems to be developing in the Atlantic Ocean, where some of the species are different, but a lot of the impacts are the same. And so we're trying to use some of these same systems to help tell the fisher and inform the fishermen of where they can go without uh, risk of tangling up the whales. So that's my show. I um, I hope that was interesting. Um, do you have any questions, or do you want me to go back to any any slides to to talk about anything more? That was amazing. There's one question in the chat. Oh, well, heat waves. Oh, wait. Yeah, will the heat waves grow? Well, yeah, they they seem to be growing in size, not just in size, but also, and by the way, this is a picture from that movie I was telling you about. So that is, that's the movie, Bob. Um, but yes, there, and the studies are showing now that heat waves, as the climate changes and warms, the oceans are warming too, and these uh, these heat waves are becoming more frequent, and they're also becoming more intense. So they're they're hotter, and they're also uh, larger. So um, yeah, you're right. It was made in the fifties. So the question is, what can we do about it? I think that, yeah, that's the hard, the hardest question of all. And I think we can all do things to uh, reduce, you know, our impact on the environment and not to fuel further climate change in the way we live our lives, you know, trying to carpool instead of driving many cars. And I think you guys, probably think about that more than some adults these days do. Um, so that, so in the big sense, uh, we can try to keep um, the climate from changing further, uh, but at the same time, we can develop tools like I was telling you about to help fishermen and others who are affected by the changes um, uh, with, to to sort of adapt and and uh, and be able to avoid entangling whales for one thing. Uh, do animals that don't. Uh, oh, another thing that's kind of happening is that as the fish move, as they migrate, like we were talking about, the cities where the fish are are um, caught are um, are changing. So, the, for instance, the sardines are moving north along the west coast and used to be that they um uh used to be that that they were common off the los angeles area now they're much farther to the north like off san francisco somebody asked if we should stop eating seafood and no i don't think that's the right that's an answer i think that it um you know seafood is sustainable if we take what you know, if we take certain amounts that can re and the species can reproduce and and fill that uh, 
you know, space in the ocean again, if we do it in a, yeah, I love crab too. Um, but if, uh, uh, you know, we do it at a pace that's not depleting the number of fish out there, we take what they can sustain, um, then, uh, you know, it's, it's really a good thing to eat seafood uh, because it's healthy and uh, both for us and for the, the whales that, that eat it as well. Sorry, I think I missed a couple questions. Which is the crab state, Maryland? All right. Um, yeah, crab, I love crab too. We have crabs obviously off the West Coast too, but um, on the East Coast, the uh, uh, there's different types of whales that are getting entangled. They're called right whales. Um, uh, you want to go back to blob tracker. This one. Okay, so this is so this is a picture. This map here was uh, just maybe two weeks ago. This is what the ocean looked like off the west coast. So you can see there's some areas, but it hasn't quite. Uh, picked up the pace to the, uh, you know, to the level that the that the blob has yet, and we're hoping that it won't. Um, but one thing we can do is keep close track of it, and I can give you guys the uh, link to this page, and we're posting updates there, so you can come back to it and sort of see what's happening, um, what's happening over time, and how how the ocean's changing. Any other questions? <laughs> 